Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on the playoff-bound New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. I do apologize. Um, I, I am a little bit under the weather, but we are here. We are excited. Joining me this evening, we have the one, the only Earl Nieto, Jacob Terrell. Guys, appreciate you being here. Unfortunately, you guys weren't out at the lab last night. So I do have one burning question for you. How glad are you that you're not the dumpster fire of El Paso? Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> Several layers to this. Um, I don't think I can call them a dumpster fire when Phoenix finished like six points behind them and fired their coach midseason and sent several players out during the season. Because uh, if you call them a dumpster fire, then what is Phoenix exactly? <clears throat> but I, I will disagree say, on one to one aspect of that. Uh, Juan Garrett did have them playing better towards the end of the season. How many games did he win? I don't know, but they were playing better. I'm, I'm relatively sure it was one. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but I, I am, I mean, I was glad we, I, I wasn't El Paso last year because uh, mm-hmm. it's just El Paso and uh, nobody wants to be a part of that uh, unless you're from there. Um, so now that the tables have turned from last season, I'm, more than doubly happy, happier than I was last season not to be El Paso. Earl, how about you? How glad are you to not be El Paso today? I'm just glad my name's not Jerry. <laughs> Speaking of, I know we we joked about it last night. We and I, and I said something earlier over on the Twitch chat. Has anyone heard from Jerry? Is Jerry okay? Uh, Jerry's been oddly quiet all season. Um, <laughs> And and I bet we don't hear from him until next year. All right, he was, fair enough. The only time we heard from him this year, anyways, was when they beat us. So if I'm not mistaken, didn't you and Jerry have a bet, Jacob? Who oh, maybe we'll have to check the tape. I'm pretty sure if United made the playoffs, Jerry owed you a beer. And if it was vice versa, then you owed him. I'm pretty sure. I feel like I feel like you might be right. I'll have to go back and look. We will go back and review the tape on that just to make sure we have the call right on the field. Harry, appreciate you being here, bud. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I don't want are... there to be uh I don't want there to be a rough in the pasture call here. Harry. <laughs> Harry, team Jacob, all day. Thank you. Appreciate you. If you are in the chat like our good friend Harry over there, be sure to pop on over in the chat on Facebook and YouTube. Throw your questions and comments up there. We will get to them throughout the show. Guys, it's been a fantastic week. Been a big week. New Mexico United has picked up four points in two matches and basically been carried by Amando Moreno and Harry Swartz this week. We are qualified yeah, for the playoffs. Let's, let's take a let's, let's chill, chill. Chill just a little bit on that sentence. Uh, which one? The fact that we're in the playoffs? No, the carried by Amando Moreno and Harry Swartz part. Well, to be fair, Moreno, they have been the Moreno brunt had, of our offense. Moreno had the worst two-goal performance I've ever seen in my life on Saturday. Or Sunday, I guess it was. I, I, he did so many things that I was screaming at my TV in a negative way. Um, and then he scored a banger. And I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess All I is can't. forgiven. I can't really <laughs> yell at you anymore. But... uh. 
Harry, on the other hand, Harry was freaking incredible last night. And uh, aren't you glad we postponed? Just so before we go any further, I do have to acknowledge my fans in the chat. Robert? Fan. Fan. <laughs> You're fan. Uh, so with Robert, fan. every time he comes in, this is his new entry entrance music. It better be John Cena's. We can't hear anything, Earl. You're muted, Earl. You <laughs> muted yourself. I didn't even mute you that time. Sorry, Robert, but we cannot violate copyrights, so I have to count <laughs> up to five seconds, and I kill it. We didn't hear any we of it. Even, we didn't even get five seconds, Earl, so. Okay, okay. Well, then with that. Riveting fucking podcasting here. Yes, it is. Absolutely riveting. What are you doing, Earl? <laughs> Get your shit together, bro. Earl has messed up Robert's intro. Deservingly so. We can't hear you wrong. at all now, Earl. Did it not work? No, we haven't heard anything. Silence yeah, sounds about right. There we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, we appreciate you guys over in the chat. Earl is having some issues, apparently. Um, <laughs> Christina, welcome. Welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here. Do appreciate it. Robert, uh, get out of here. No, Robert, we have done nothing to this. This is all Earl. We have done nothing. <laughs> Self-sabotage is what Earl holds is. himself back. That's been his <laughs> his his whole life there. Uh, yeah, he it, just, it's just he looks like a sad puppy now. He looks like the puppy that Diego Luna watched die. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's a that's a callback right there. We do, guys. It's gonna be that. a great night. It's gonna be. Fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. We're I'm not even. Bit. I'm not even drinking alcohol. It's just. It's. I'm. I'm just high on life. <laughs> I'm gonna start drinking alcohol. Give me a couple minutes. I'm gonna get my my eggnog. Go for it. Eggnog already. Get the fuck out of here, Earl. Earl's the yeah. Earl's the guy who we I think it was two weeks ago said that he was already listening to Christmas music. So yeah, of course I am. God bless. Earl. Yeah, it's not. So, even yeah. So while I go pour my eggnog. And warm it up a little bit. I will. No. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah. Why? Why? You ruin. You ruin everything, oh. Carl. You ruin so many things. Just kidding. I won't. I won't <laughs> warm it up because warm milk is pretty disgusting. Um, but I will have eggnog here in a couple seconds. That just. Oh, that just hurts. I don't believe that he's not gonna warm. I guarantee you, he's gonna warm it up. Probably. He just didn't want to get the backlash. <laughs> Guaranteed. <Except Earl. laughs> really certain he he heard all of that. So um yeah, I mean it's been a great week. United obviously picked up a draw against San Diego on Sunday. We opted to push the show to tonight, um in the hopes that we will be talking about a, a playoff position here. Exactly, Harry. Thank, Thank you, Harry. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Um and, and so things worked out well for us. They didn't look great over the weekend. But we came out, put in a pretty good performance against a good San Diego side. Um, and then we came out last night, had to come from behind again, but we did it. Uh, Tampa Bay held up their end of the bargain. And and we'll get into the breakdown I mean, of these two. Really, El Paso held up their end of the bargain by just sucking complete ass uh, like yeah. we knew they would. Yeah, I, I do want to point out before we go any further that I believe – Two of the three hosts on El, on the USL show this week picked El Paso to beat Tampa Bay. 
And was it uh, from last night or not last night's episode or yesterday's yeah, episode? Yesterday's episode. They all picked us to lose to Colorado Springs. Yes, too, they did. So yes, they, they picked us to lose to Colorado and El Paso to beat Tampa. <clears throat> no offense to those guys. I love those guys. Yeah, Caleb they had good. they had no idea what was going on in the West. <laughs> and no. some of those guys are followers of West to Western Conference teams, and they when they talked about the West, they sounded completely lost. Yeah, that's one of the things that kind of gets me, and that's why we don't do a whole lot with the Eastern Conference clubs. Like we do try to talk about them, and we brought on Kaler, and you know we talked to him earlier in the year. Yeah. We talked to some other guys throughout the season. So that we can get a better idea of what these teams are like, how they play, and, and what to expect from them. Um, but yeah, listening to some of these podcasts, like, and, and I get it. Their their premise, the premise of their show is they're gonna they cover the entire USL, they cover USL League One also. But they just they didn't seem to have a grasp on how just topsy turvy this Western Conference is. Um, and I think it did kind of play into our favor a little bit last night that Preston Judd wasn't there. Cabral was on the bench to start. Um, so those things definitely helped. But even ahead of the – before the match got rescheduled last week, we sat down. We looked at it. We all picked United to win this one. This is one that we had us winning um, simply because of the fact that we felt like L.A. didn't have enough. Um and of course, LA came into the weekend, came into the match last night already eliminated. Um, we were, there was some sub, uh, <clears throat> hypothesizing in the box. That that's why Preston Judd wasn't there. That's why Cabral was on the bench. Um, so and I mean, make, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me uh, because those players are development players for Los. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, uh, for Galaxy One, and so it shouldn't. To me, it shouldn't matter if they're in the playoffs or out of the playoffs. They should get get. They should be wanting to get those reps anyways, especially against a quality club like us. So, just kind of. Well, well, don't forget MLS rosters expand with the playoffs, and so yeah. with how well Preston Judd have been playing this year, it's not. I don't think it's all that surprising that he would get a spot with the expanded roster. And uh, completely, uh, I marginally mean, agree with this, Harry. Marginally, <laughs> but did that did that mean he couldn't play last night because he was already on the roster? Was there a deadline there? Or? Probably. I'm, I'm <laughs> assuming there was a a roster deadline for MLS because the the playoffs started start this week. So, yeah. um, I, I assume there was some reasoning behind it that he was with he wasn't with the twos. Um, Where's your eggnog, girl? In the microwave? Where's your eggnog in the microwave? <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> now, now, Earl, is this, is this adult eggnog or children's eggnog? If you listen closely. Is there ice in your eggnog? No! No, it's, it's the ice cubes. It's the plastic ice cubes. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, it's those plastic ice cubes. We're good. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm dying between, between. I mean, that's better than warming it up. Yeah. It's so weird. It's just better than warming it up. Your face did not <sighs> like that eggnog. Your face did not like that at all. Earl. <laughs> I'm assuming that's the adult eggnog, and Earl has never had Soko before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's not what I expected. <laughs> 
what not did you lie. What did you expect? Hold on, let me get the bottle. Oh my god. Oh my god. Eggnog in October, folks, and this is what happens. For those of you just listening in the future, <laughs> go to minute twelve of the live stream somewhere on either YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, and just watch Earl's face as he uh takes a drink of <laughs> of of store-bought eggnog and oh my god oh what is that members mark what oh my god oh oh eh, i mean does it have alcohol i can't it's too shiny okay limited edition oh 15 okay 30 proof i think this is proof that earl has <laughs> never had an alcoholic drink a day in his life no i've seen we've seen him drink beer on the pot are I we sure? I think it's we... proof that he's never had eggnog before. <laughs> <laughs> no, this I've had adult eggnog before. This is like straight alcohol, though. It's like not even eggnoggy flavor. It's only 15%. No, like this tastes. <sighs> Classic bottle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're 15 minutes in, and this is the best episode of the season by far so far. Uh, By the way, I got Robert's entrance music now. (laughs) Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. We will, we will, we will accept that one. Since he's my only friend, um, here because I do have. Hey now, hey now. You said you said I was your friend earlier. I have one other friend over on Twitch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, yes, depends. If I finish if I finish this bottle, I will be the loco of the show. He is he is the Yuma of Somos Moss. Uh, um, uh, oh, oh man. man. This is um we're we're this is probably the happiest we've been on a show on the show in a few weeks in probably about a month, give or take. Um, well, yeah, we've just we, we we scored two goal or we we played two matches since the last time we recorded. Yes, we scored six goals in those two matches. How many games did it take before that to score six goals? Um, all of them, <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> pretty much. Like, I think we had scored six in like the pre- in the previous like five matches or something. six previous yeah. six matches we had scored six goals. Yeah, I was digging through the stats last night, looking back, and this was so. This was the first time since, um, since Detroit, since Detroit City and New York Red Bulls that we had scored two plus goals back to back in a match. Um, uh, well, for two plus goals back to back in a match, it's the first time we've gone three plus goals back to back since last year against Austin Bold and Colorado Springs. So yeah, it's been a long time and. I, I put out a tweet on Sunday. I mean, like it's a veritable like offensive boom, like what we saw. And so, I mean, yeah, six goals in two matches. Like, I don't know if they've been eating their Wheaties or what, but the guys have been Ooh. on it this week. When Jacob called me Yuma. <laughs> yeah, I saw your soul leave your body there for a second. <laughs> I apologize, Earl. That was a little too hard. <laughs> so, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Earl. I take that one back. I do. I do genuinely take that back. Uh, you were clearly PC 
Um, I mean, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was, Harry. I don't know, but I mean, wh- what would what were we doing different? I mean, this is we've been running the same guys out there practically every week for the past month and a half, and we haven't seen this sort of result. I feel like Saturday was a little fluky. Uh, Saturday, Sunday. the three goals. Yeah, Sunday. Sorry, Sunday was a little flukier than last night. Last night, however, we shot the ball. We had 19 shots. Now, mm-hmm. six of them were on target. But I was talking to my wife, and I think I text you guys uh, in the group chat. That first Harry Swartz goal, we have seen that one-two combination with multiple players this season. And every time they decide, I'm going to dribble it into the net for some reason. And they try to take the ball from the top of the 18 and dribble through three guys to get a shot from six feet away instead of 18 yards away. I don't understand why. And Harry instead just unleashed hell on that ball and put it on frame. I mean, just one of the goals of the season to me, it wasn't spectacular in a individual skill level. It really wasn't even the best team goal, but Harry winning the ball from the press at like maybe like the 24 yard mark, 28 yard mark, somewhere in there, presses up, wins the ball, takes a couple touches, finds Moreno. Watch, watch Seth's face real quick or Earl's face real quick. Make sure he's okay. Okay, he's okay. Um, and then to get that one two with Moreno and just pound it into the back of the net from the 18, top of the 18 was just, oh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Yeah, it was great, and, and it's something that we that we that we haven't been seeing. And like he said, the guys they've been taking extra touches. You know, a lot of times you see Moreno take that ball and try to turn, and it you know end up giving the ball giving the ball away. But yeah, like they just they worked so well together on that one on that goal there. And you know, Harry had a fantastic shot, and you know, we've seen guys sky that ball, but just a fantastic shot on frame. Uh, one of the best shooting nights all year. Um, you know, especially if you throw out Phoenix, you know, in terms of being on target, number of conversions, like it was just an all around good offensive showing last night. And for us to have to come from behind after the early mistake um, at the back from by Kalen and Alex, I mean, yeah. Uh, when I first saw it from my angle, by it, like, Alex. Don't, it, don't, it looked yeah, like it was a hundred percent Alex. I even showed that to a coworker of mine who's not even a soccer fan. And he said, what the fuck was the keeper thinking? No, I get it. And like I said, from my angle, it looked like Alex didn't have the, it wasn't played to him. Like it was played a, like away from him from my angle initially, but going back and watching it, like, I don't understand what happened. I don't know what Alex did. Maybe he looked up, maybe he just, you know, he lost. To- oh, he, he completely looked up. He, like, he did exactly what Newton yeah, did in, in the El Paso game against uh, or not Newton because it was it was Meshach that passed it back, but that was the Indy game, the Indy Indy eleven game, where he he saw the ball coming in, he looked up, he picked his foot up to put it on top of the ball, and then just missed the ball. 
Yeah, he did. It's just really unfortunate. Like, it's not – and then I heard it said, you know, on the air, is that really uncharacteristic of Alex, and it really is. Like, he's not a guy that you see make those kind of passes, and so – or make, make those kind of mistakes. For me, I said watching it, I thought it was on Kalen. Number one, because we've seen a number of mistakes from Kalen this year. And number two, like I said, the angle just didn't look like he had the right pass there. And so – like it was unfortunate, and then to come back like a few minutes later, pick up the penalty, which was a well-deserved penalty. Like they didn't really like try to fight it. Now, um, that was Harry too. That was yeah, Harry. That was a booming cross. Like you could hear him thump that ball, like from where I was at in the press box, and like it went off. What's his name? Went off the Galaxy player's arm, and he went down like he was hurt. Now I have no doubt that that hurt. Um, given the distance and how hard Harry kicked that ball. Um, but there really wasn't a whole lot of argument from Galaxy mm-hmm. there. So, and then, then of course, Justin Portillo, second penalty conversion of the week for him. Um, he just, now I will say that both times this week, he's gone the same direction. Both have nearly been saved. Um, so a little bit fortunate there to get that, but yeah. So we, we come back, we he's- tie it up. He's just setting everybody up for a Panenka the next time. <laughs> I, as much as I want to see that, God, I hope not. Like, because the odds of that, like, getting fucked up, I, I, I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? I, I random sidebar: the Sacramento player that had one in the shootout against MLS competition in the semifinal of the yeah. U.S. Open Cup. The balls on that dude, just, I mean, got to have a semi-truck to carry that guy around. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, it's just to see the guys come back. I mean, Earl, obviously you have had strong feelings about Alex uh, really both seasons. Um, After that mistake at the back, what was your reaction to it? And did it kind of dampen your, uh, your outlook on the evening? Can I tell you his reaction to it? Because we know it. Yes. <laughs> Q text message. And I quote. And I quote. Where is it? Son of a bitch. That's we we, we know. I'm I'm asking you know for him for his his for so the Harry and 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 uh, his fan club over there. Oh, and I fucking, quote. Fucking, fucking Tam Suckus. <laughs> <laughs> And then Seth out of left field goes, that's on Kalen. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, no, it was, it was Kalen or it was not Kalen. It was definitely Tim Buckus. And, uh, <laughs> uh, oh man, that was funny. Woo. Yeah. Need I say more? Yes. Go on, please. Okay. So, um, well, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, how did you feel it's like? It's monumental when you walk out on stage, has to be monumental. Jiggle, jiggle. Can you remember any of the rap that you did? My money don't jiggle, jiggle. It falls. I like to see you wiggle, wiggle. What? What? <laughs> what? 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 I don't, I don't understand. Earl's been stro- been scrolling through the trending sounds on TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was yeah, like, I'm trying to make my that was like six better. months ago. I thought. <laughs> Anyways, 
Anyways, that was like on. last week. Um, so yeah, I mean, given the outlook that we all had last week, you know, giving up an early goal, especially in that manner early, did you see that as something that that, that would deflate the guys? Did you did you did dampen your outlook? It easily could have. It dampened my outlook until we actually played and then started playing good. Once we stopped doing back passes, it showed two two matches in a row. We don't do back passes, we fucking score. I mean, it's, so I'm it's hoping not, not quite that simple, but yes, yes. I when mean, we when we limited the number of back passes and actually we were on the front foot, good things did happen. Exactly. So I think it's more the fact that we weren't playing out of the back. We actually had, you know, we were actually you know, Alex was actually distributing the ball, and we weren't you know trying to play it out of the build up out of the back the entire time. Yeah. So yeah. So then it showed on Saturday, on Sunday as well. I mean we limited how much we played out of our backfield and how much back passes we did we scored three same thing last night we limited how much we gave it back to the backfield or to the back line we scored three so it's obvious that we can score three if we don't back pass all fucking night yeah i i Again, it's one of those things where they're not – I don't think they're, like, exclusively linked. Like, I don't think passing the ball back is going to necessarily limit the amount of chances. I think it puts us in a – I think it puts us in in a, in a in a in poor field position. I think that's what it does, and it causes us to to invite pressure up into our, into our defensive half. Yeah, it, which, puts us, it puts us on a country road, and with that – Cue music. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, I think so. I to me, it's a um, we've talked about this uh, a lot this season, but to me, it was a mindset thing. Like the mindset of the last two games have been go out and score, and in the past, it's been. Damn it, <laughs> In the past, it's... <laughs> in the past, in the past, <laughs> in the past, it was let's not fuck up, basically. And so you've, I mean, you've seen it. We've given up five goals the last two games. That's something that we haven't really done all season either. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we've gone out and scored. It's a T. This is. I think I'd rather have these kind of games where we're scoring three, and giving up, or scoring six and giving up five in the two games, than these one one, one nil. So nil, with nil. that, can we? Um... Can we cue the... No, cue... no more cueing of anything. Cue the chat, because I have fans. Earl should have his own show, and Harry is already singing along with me. <laughs> Earl. Earl. Earl should have his own show is the perfect place for you to plug the Twitch shit. Oh, if you go to twitch.tv... Oh, I wasn't... Okay, so yes, Earl does have his own show. Where if you go to twitch.tv and search Nieto Earl One, you will find me there. Um, I'm working on a camera, but that is where we can play. 
<laughs> All day long, without copyrights. No, actually, that that's no, not you how, can't. That's, that's not how that works. Yeah, you can. You just have to have it on mute. <laughs> well, then what's the point of playing the music if it's on mute? No, you can play. It has to be on super, super low. Like it's not the <laughs> the feature of the show. I okay. So I I used to stream FIFA quite a bit, and even the the licensed music in FIFA was being muted by Twitch on my channel because it was copyrighted music. Yeah, I haven't got muted. I play music all so, the time. Yeah, it 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 happens. So I mean, yeah, I know lots of people that play music. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the, what it is, but. Yeah, it's uh maybe just, it's cuz they don't like you. Yeah, maybe. But uh yeah, I mean it was definitely a, a lot more exciting match to watch both days this week um compared to some of the prior results, but yeah, it just seemed, you know, Amando on on Sunday and I know you 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 have issue with Amando on Sunday, but Amando to me looked dangerous. He looked creative, he was looking for opportunities, he wasn't overplaying the ball. Um and so, like, he looked good. You know, his, his one-two with Harry last night looked really good. Harry looked good. Justin looked dangerous on his deliveries. Um, you know, again, people keep talking about Chris Weehan. B's got subbed off at halftime yesterday. And Zach talked about, you know, those halftime subs in the presser last night. He's saying that the guys that came on made a difference. Um, so, you know, B's hasn't necessarily been, and we've talked about this. I've said it. He's not the same as he was last year. Yes, it's a different system. Yes, it's different expectations. But he really hasn't been the the driving force that we've needed. And so for whatever reason, Mondo has suddenly shown up these past two matches and kind of just done it. Sergio has played well. Not, you know, he hasn't really made any mistakes. You know, he hasn't been invisible, but he's been there. And so I think there's just things slowly coming together where these guys have been playing 90 minutes every match for the past month and a half question answer 42. what was <laughs> daily <No>. double <laughs> what was the score of each game when jerome kisavetter came on uh it was one one no two one last night when jerome came on mm-hmm. um sunday he started sunday Did he start Sunday? Yeah. What game am I thinking of that he came on and made a difference? Oh, maybe it was Vegas. I think it was Vegas, yeah. Yeah, it was Vegas. We didn't score, but he... Okay. Point taken away. Never mind. So with that, <laughs> I, I have a I have a question. 42. Yes, how, how many times did Romario come on and not make a difference? Romario is, is still injured? Injured, I think. Yeah. He was so, not on the injury report last night, but... Um, but... He also played almost 90 minutes and has been injured for the past three weeks. Point proven. No, there's no fucking point there, Earl. (laughs) I mean, I don't... how, How old school, Robert, are we going? I don't think you could... And you can't hold it against him for being injured. I mean, obviously, he's not. Again, he he hasn't. Can we can we not have like why why are we why are we giving in to Earl and his stupid takes here? I don't understand. No, I agree. I just (laughs) you know, I feel like looking at 
at what he was brought in and the, and the limited amount of time that he's had, he's been okay. He hasn't been great. He hasn't blown the doors off anybody. I will say though, I think he's done better than Brian Brown. Oh, for I mean, <laughs> I've I've done better than Brian Brown. Hey, here's a question from chat from Christina. Injuries have for, have uh, injuries have forced Zach to settle on lineups a little bit more, and give them and finally a chance to gel. I think this is a great take right here. I think it's a fantastic question. And and yes, um, with the injuries, you know, with Nico being out, uh, Christian being out, we've seen more opportunities for for Justin for for uh, not that he's really missed a whole lot of time, but for Bees to be in there, for Sergio to be in there, for Moreno to get time since his return because that was a concern that we had would moreno get enough time um <clears throat> i think it's a great point i think that's allowed guys to come back in get get opportunities and, and work together and you know even with the uh, the the reemergence of josh suggs last night uh, after his injury um seeing him in there he looked really good last night um so i think that's a great point i mean what do you guys think um I try to give Earl chances to go, but then he just stays looking down at his phone, looking for the next soundbite to play. So, um, no, I got soundbites on my computer. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know because we really haven't seen, like, to me, the offense has taken off with Kisavetter coming back, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really had time to gel, like, quote unquote, gel with, uh, with guys like Moreno because they haven't really played a whole lot together because of injuries to both of them kind of separating their time. Um, And then we've kind of had, I mean, it's been similar lineups, but you mentioned Weehan um, and him coming out. You mentioned Suggs last night. I thought he looked good uh, in in the time that he was in there. Um, And then years he came on. And I I think they're kind of interchangeable at this point, but to me, what I what I'm worried about is specifically when Nico and Nava come back, which uh, I don't think we've mentioned on the show. Uh, you have mentioned you you put out the presser, um, the soundbite from the presser from last night's match, and then you mentioned it on on Twitter. I know that they they have been in training and could be a go on mm-hmm. Saturday, but most likely I, I'm this wasn't in the presser or anything, but I'm I'm assuming since they're could be a go for Saturday. That means they will be a go for the playoff match. Um, my, that's my assumption. Uh, I think it's going to come down to how these next two days right. pan out. And so, so do you play them in this Colorado Springs match if they're a hundred percent to get them some time with some of these guys that they haven't really had a whole lot of time with no. before the playoffs? Because I think Nico, Nico to me is our best nine. He's our he's he's oh clearly, but he hasn't played with Moreno, but maybe a match or two or three maybe here and there, uh, and I don't think he was a hundred percent going into those matches. I think he was playing through injury, um, and then he finally was able to or had to sit out, um, and so do you get him time to gel with with the likes of Moreno and Kevon maybe um, you just do you do you do that or do you play for the win and go you with what's do, working? I think you can do both. Can you though? I think so. Yeah. I mean, give them 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes at the end of the match. It's not a lot of time, but, is that, but is, given the I extent mean, of the injury. 
So you, so you think giving him 20, 30 minutes at the end is worth, it, it is actually going to do something for them gelling together. Cause I, if you, if you're not going to play him the majority of the match, I almost think you sit him out. I, I think it, it, so the benefit is not primarily the gelling aspect of it. It's getting back on the pitch in a game okay. atmosphere and games time okay. situations. Right. That's where the most benefit is, especially like right now. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, in training, they're all, they are training together. So they're, right. they're working outside of game time, right. but being in game situations, you know, okay. that's seeing how, seeing how that's Nico fair. and Nava react. I think that's a, I think it's a good opportunity. Now, do I think Zach does it? Nico, probably Christian. Probably. Less yeah. Christian's and, and Christian, I love Christian. Um, I, I have my reservations about how effective he can be. Uh, especially in certain matchups with his size, but um, he's he's not nearly as important as Nico to the future of this club in the playoffs. He's just he's just not this year. Uh, yes, this, this year. year. I, I did future. say this playoffs, but yeah, yeah obviously. Um, but so so that being said, I, I'm not super concerned about what coach decides to do with him on Saturday. Uh, or in the playoffs for that matter. Uh, but Nico is the big one to me. Like if we can get a full, fully healthy Nico on the pitch and Jerome can keep doing what he's doing and Moreno can, can do the good things that he's been doing the last couple matches and Harry can bomb up the side like he has and, and Portillo can pull the strings in the midfield like he has all season. Then, uh, then I think we, we are on to something big time there. Um, it's just a matter of of if he's healthy and if he can fit into this this core that we've got going the last couple matches. So I have a uh, an unpopular hot take. Okay, all hot takes are unpopular. No, this one's like very unpopular, especially in in New Mexico United world. Okay, I don't like Kavan. Yeah, I so I don't think that's that hot of a take. No. If you remember in year one, he, like year yeah. one, he had a great year for us, and mm-hmm. people people still, still couldn't yeah. stand him. So here's my thing: Do I think he's a great player? Absolutely, but his attitude just kills it for me. Attitude reflects leadership, Captain. Well, he doesn't have it, obviously. <laughs> um, and it showed last night. So he played. He started, obviously. And he played like dirty dog water. I don't think he was terrible. And then he um, gets dubbed off and we score two goals. Well, so I think that's more Jerome. Like, I don't think that's a knock on Freighter more as it is praise for Jerome. Kisavitter has been probably our best offensive player when he's healthy since like the Las Vegas Legends match. Like, when when he's out there, the offense just looks different. His work rate on defense has impressed the shit out of me. His work rate on hold up play and moving without the ball, um, the runs that he's made, uh, the the setup setting up that he's done instead of just the finishing. Um, he you're not gonna look at the box score and see Kisavetter with big impact numbers in the goals and assist department. But what he's doing has been instrumental in getting us 
on the board in ways that don't necessarily show up in the box score. So let me go back to my to my freighter hate. Okay. My freighter hater aid. Um he also picked up a yellow within the first I mean that Well that's Kevon. It's it's I'm pretty sure if you look up his Wikipedia, it's Kevon Yellow Card Freighter is his name. Pretty that's close. His, that's his full given name. See, so my thing though is you are playing in a pretty freaking important match. Yeah. Wouldn't you do your best to mind your P's and Q's and not be fucking stupid? No, because it's Kavon Freider. Oh, okay. Ka- I mean, that's <laughs> that's what he did in year one. That's I I I don't know this for sure, but I would be shocked if he didn't have several yellow cards when he was overseas. <laughs> so yeah, that is what he did in year one, and look where that wound him up overseas. Well, I, I think he chose. I think over yeah, he chose to go overseas. I think going overseas is that for most of these guys is a step up. Um, and because you know they're able to compete, at, in my opinion, at a higher level in most in a lot of these leagues compared to the USL championship. Well, was it Freighter that we asked, or was it no? Yeah, I think it, was... it might have been, I think it might have been Romario, uh, where somebody asked them how, oh, yeah, the yeah, I asked Romario, yeah, how the competition here stacked up to the other leagues that he'd been in, and he said that one was moderately better and one was about even, is what I thought he said, yeah, so yeah, and, but. And, I, th- I think for like like these Jamaican players, especially, I think they're more prone to want to go overseas more for a uh, experience than a like just the just the experience of playing in Israel or uh... <laughs> oh, that's great, Christina, and that's fantastic. Um, but the, the I I digress. Um, <laughs> it it doesn't really matter about the over the point of the matter is the freighter picks up yellow cards period yeah and, and christina right. brings up two great points i i chuckled at it but i didn't didn't read it uh the first one freighter's conditioning is maybe lacking he seems to run out of steam or gets frustrated and gives up um i, I think it's that also the, might just be freighter i don't know he it's just, more of the second though i mean you could visibly see if if it's not going his way or the ball's not at his feet 100% of the time yeah, he's on the sideline throwing a bitch fit. Yeah, well, he definitely gets frustrated, but I think that's fair to say of a lot of strikers, you know, because those guys like Kevon, they want the ball, they want yeah. to be going forward, and you know when he's when he's off target, like he had a couple decent shots last night. They weren't great, but they did threaten, you know. Um, so when he's when he's off when he's off target, when he's not getting service, like guys like that, they get frustrated. Um, you know, Freighter feels like he, he should get more fouls than he does. He should get better service than what he does. And I agree with that to an extent. Like, yes, he goes looking for fouls, I think. And I, I think he, he does too also deserve better service than what he's gotten in a lot of games this season. Um, I, so I, I get also, it. I also feel like that it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy there where he doesn't get the service that he wants in the beginning of a match. So then he stops making the runs that would put him in better positions to get the service later in the match, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, you know, Freighter's a guy like he just, you know, he put on, he put on such a display in 2019. And so I, you know, I don't disagree with him. I think he's done some good things, but I, I just, I think, and it's something that we talked about all season long was the distribution, the creativity, the chances that were being created, you know, um, the servicing. Jerome wasn't getting service. He was, uh, 
Nico wasn't getting service and, and so and freighter wasn't getting service. So I think that's what a lot of it is. And so like, I understand the frustration. Yes. He's one of the coolest guys, you know, is super nice, but he's hyper competitive. And so you're going to see that you're going to see yellows. You're going to see that frustration come out. And is it detrimental at times? Absolutely. It is. Um, but, see, but I can't fault him for it. So you bring up the creativity through the midfield. I feel like these past two and a half matches, that's been better. No, it absolutely has. And I and I said that on Sunday, and I said it last night, that Freighter didn't play at all on Sunday. Yeah. So he, and and also if you look at what Freighter Freighter came in mid season mm-hmm. coming from overseas to the elevation here, and then was basically drink. Yeah. And then was basically forced to play 90 minutes a match since he got here. Like from the moment he was like match fit, quote unquote, he has played the majority of the minutes that we haven't had or that we've the majority of the minutes as striker for us since then, because we have had nobody else up there um, due to injuries and stuff like that. So for him to maybe run out of steam, like Christina said, could be because he wasn't necessarily ready for that kind of workload coming in midseason and not expecting all of the injuries that we have had. So just could be some trying to give him the benefit of the doubt just a little bit. Uh, it could be have something to do with that. And then maybe that's why you saw him, you know, only play a half. I mean, did he play a half or did he? He got subbed out at halftime if him and we had yeah, both, right? Yeah. Uh, so a half this match and then not at all on Sunday um, could just be he he's he's kind of wearing down. And hopefully with Kisavetter coming back and, and looking good and then Nico hopefully coming back soon, we can use him more as like, a, hey, we're down by a goal with 20 minutes left. Go in there and just bust your ass, give it your all and let Nico and Jerome kind of carry the bulk of the minutes. Uh, going forward and and i think that's our best team uh, that we can put out there honestly because it it does really seem like our best team is when our our nines can not necessarily be the target man but hold the play up distribute to the wingers and midfielders coming into play and then getting down there and getting into position um and and possibly making a play there Kevon Freider on the year, eight appearances, seven starts, 485 minutes since returning to United. Which isn't a lot. And as a, for a professional athlete, you would think that that would not wear him down. But I don't know what kind of shape he came in as and if he was able to get fully fit before he was thrown into that starting seven matches role. Can I can I just say real quick, Jacob, I do appreciate mm-hmm. your uh, your take on Jerome Kiesewetter. Uh, I feel like it's evolved a little bit over the season. No, so I was leery of the the trade. I I, I just hadn't seen a lot from him since that 2019 El Paso season. Mm-hmm. I I knew that there was a quality player in there, but I and I, I feel like the first couple times we saw him, I was disappointed. But like I said, since that Legends match, unless you have it queued up somewhere. Uh, before or after that, that I was frustrated by him. I feel like I've been pretty pro Kisavetter most of the season since he's actually come in and performed 
better than I was expecting him to perform in preseason. If, so if you're talking about preseason, yes, it has evolved drastically from there. Um, but but since I've seen him actually out on the pitch performing, I I know a lot of fans were up in arms about the flop that got us a penalty uh, to get us a win or a result against somebody earlier in the season. I can't remember, but um, but I I mean I I I didn't complain about that. I was I'm not necessarily thrilled by that kind of play, but sometimes that's what it takes. And to have a guy that's not afraid to do that, like yeah, I can guarantee you if he does that in two weeks in a playoff match against Sacramento, people aren't going to be bitching about it again because it'll be a do or die situation. And if it gets us on to the next round, nobody's going to care. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Earl, looking at, at the forwards, who do you think has really stood out this season, you know, from the guys? I mean, obviously, you know, Freighter's had some issues. They've all had issues at times. And I know you're not a fan of Romario. Um, who has really stood out? And, and, to the second part of the question, do you think that the ret- that the return of uh, Mondo Moreno has shut out Preston? Because we haven't seen him in a number of weeks. So Preston was actually on the sideline, or he wasn't dressed, but he was at the match mm-hmm. yesterday. He was. Um. So no, I don't think he's shut out. I think there's something else going on. I don't think he's shut out. Um. But to answer your first question, who do I out of the strikers? Who do I think has impressed me the most? It's a tie between two. It's a tie between Jerome and Armando. Um, Jerome, obviously, because he knows how to draw penalty when we need it. He knows how to frustrate opposing defenders, and he has that leadership aspect. Armando, on the other hand, he's a striker. When you look at Fat Mob or whatever you want to look at, he's classified as a striker, but yet he's playing midfield. Yeah. So the fact that he, and that's him coming off an ACL. So the fact that he stepped up after an injury to literally take on any role that he could possibly get, that's a team player right there. Um, And that's why he's my vote for humanitarian of the year. Um, He's a team player. All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> He likes to dribble into the opposing team and try to take them all on. Sorry, I should have just stayed in the kitchen for another like 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, you should have. Yeah, you should have. Um, but yeah, so those are my two. I mean, I know you said one, but my it comes down to a draw between Amando because he stepped up to play any role he could possibly get. He's been a midfielder since he came on with us. He's always then, been a midfielder here. And then Jerome, because obviously he has that leadership aspect. Yeah, I think those are those are two great shouts there. Um, both guys have had an impact on this season, and uh, I have to, I, I, I got again, I appreciate that the turn you guys have made on Jerome. Uh, you know, I was kind of talking him, talking him up over the over the season, talking about you know the things that he's doing well, and that he's that's exactly what, you know, he's doing right now. That that's helping us get to these results that we need. So, um you know, it, it's been it's been a long season. Like it really has, and we've seen a lot of different things come out of this club and and you know, we've dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of different things. We've dealt with some definite issues at the back. Um <laughs> Jacob let the man preach. Um 
yes, we picked up results in these past two matches, but the defense over the past month and a half has been sketch a little bit. Like we saw Will do a fantastic job against Danny Trejo. Will did a good job against um, some other guys as well, but we're still giving up some goals and some, some opportunities at the back. Um, what do you think has changed there? Cause early on we were one of the best clubs in the USL championship. I think so. Sorry, I kind of zoned out. What was your question again? What's going on at the back? What has changed? Okay, that's what I thought you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's so gung ho to answer a question that he doesn't know, and well, then when he when he when he hears a question, he goes. <laughs> well, yeah, because I have to think about it. Um, well, no, I jumped to it because I saw you sipping on your. On your gin and juice over there. It's cranberry juice and Sprite. Thank you very much. Close enough. Um, what I think triggered the downfall of our back line is the injuries. I mean, we've had to play with random people playing back line, like defensive midfielders, i.e. Will Seymour. Um, and Will's yeah, been fantastic at the back. Yeah, he has been fantastic at the back. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm saying the fact that we've had to not have chemistry is what it is because one week Will's back there, the next week he's not. One week Rashid's back there, the next week he's not. One week Austin is in there, the next week he's taking on the second half. I mean, we, we've we also had a formation change uh, the last – I don't know third of the season, which kind of lines up with where the the defensive question marks have come. Um, the majority of the season we were in, you know, a back five, which is really a back three, um, in, in attack, and we've switched to a back four, which is really a back two, in attack uh, for a, a lot of this season. And I I think that was because the offense was struggling so much that we felt like we had to get another attacker or, or something else going something, some other kind of offensive tactics to work. And, and I feel like our, our attack and our defense has been solid in that four, four, two shape or four, one, four, one shape. Uh, you can look at it a bunch of different ways, but um, I, I think that, can be looked at as as something that we have changed that could lead to a little more question marks in the back, a little, a little, you know, fewer bodies back there. Obviously, going from five to four, um, or two to three, or three to two. I mean, uh, it, it just depends. If if you really watch, um, oh, what game? Sacramento, uh, the Sacramento game. Oddly enough. Um, we we looked really good in the four four two. Then we switched in the second half to three at the back or four at the back, five to five at the back for some reason, and gave up two goals like right away. So that that kind of defeats the purpose that I'm arguing that the four four two has. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that kind of defeats the purpose that I'm arguing the four four two has kind of given us holes at the back. But uh, I, I think it's that kind of not knowing what to do there to be in the four four two or the <clears throat> five five three two one five two three one whatever you want to 
uh, go with there. It, it, we've had some juggling back there, and and I think the offense has looked better lately in this four four two. But the defense still is. I mean, that being said, you mentioned it a minute ago. Uh, we shut down Vegas um, big time. Got the shutout in Vegas against a full lights team of Cal Jennings, mm-hmm. Danny Trejo, um, on and on and on. And, and we just completely shut them down. And the second half, we dominated offensively too. We just couldn't find the back of the net. So the potential is there for us to still be able to flip that switch defensively and, and shut a good team out. Uh, I, I think the last two matches last night, for instance, the, the defense had nothing to do with that first goal other than it was a defender that passed the ball back. Right. It, it, it wasn't them creating a chance. If you look at, uh, game flow over there on Twitter that does, uh, kind of an XG kind of their own stat like XG in one game can kind of be a little wonky, but if you go look at their chart, I just like to look at it and it plots chances by XG throughout the match. Mm -hmm. And so anything over, where's our last match? I had it up a minute ago. So anything over like a, a 0.1 XG is, is kind of a, a decent chance, right? Well, last night they had one. They had one chance created that was over that 0.1 XG, and that was the goal that they scored. And they, that goal that they scored wasn't necessarily a defensive mishap. It was just a well-placed ball that Salazar was able to get onto. Um, wasn't anything glaring to me. So... And then now the San Diego match is, is something completely different. Uh, the San Diego match was, <laughs> I mean, if you look at that chart, there's 0.1 XG left and right for both teams. Um, yeah. And, and San Diego to me is just a dangerous team. They, they just have a very good offense. They've got very good players. And, Quick question for you while, while you're on that Twitter page yeah. there, what was the XG from the El Paso game last night? <laughs> <laughs> Do you already know the answer to this? I'm fairly certain. I know the, I know the, I know the other day against Loudon, it was like 5.6 or some nonsense. So for Tampa Bay, it was only 2.8. Okay. Uh, but for El Paso, it was 0. 0.69. Uh, nice. Right. Okay. Um, but, uh, but but to me, it, it was 0. 0.69 in a match that you knew you had to have. Right. And all you could muster was 0. 0.69. Oh, man. The, the shitting on El Paso <laughs> portion of this of this podcast has not been big enough. Um, not nearly enough. And, and we can certainly get to that because, of course, you know, we are playoff bound and El Paso is uh, homeward bound. So, yeah. Um, but, and, yeah, uh, I mean, great week for United. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, I... I, I'm not one to toot my own horn necessarily, but last Tuesday I said we were going to win this match. We were going to get in the playoffs. It was going to be fine. And I've been saying El Paso and Phoenix were both going to miss yes. since like the halfway point. We, we've all been. And I, so, I, I know you and I have both been saying that for sure. So to all the all the fans that have been saying that El Paso and really the fan Jerry who said that El Paso would finish higher than United cuz I think that's what the actual bet was that United I think would... I think that was it yeah um I I have one thing for you 
Why did you pick the worst version of that song? <laughs> because the other one was just not that good. That's why. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, Harry. Harry's been on this page with us too. El Paso yeah. has been fool's gold for a long time. Um, so, so last night, them which losing. which I don't get why. Sorry, USL show. Why? Why did you pick El Paso over Tampa? Well, so I I don't know honestly because I was about to say because they I I thought Tampa was locked in, but Tampa's not locked in, and I want to go through some scenarios here in a few. Um, but so so Tampa has something to play for. Uh, they can still get the two seed um, in the East, so it's not like they have. An, Absolutely. I mean, the difference between two and three might not be a whole lot, but it's still something. Um, if you end up, if they end up passing Memphis and then they have to play Memphis in the playoffs. Okay. Well, the off field you, drama. Would you rather have to play Miami, Detroit, or Pittsburgh if you're Tampa in that first round? Miami. Ah, probably Pittsburgh, but. Um, or not One thing I know uh, we Detroit. both agree on is that you don't want to play Detroit. No, I I would want to play Detroit. Um, <clears throat> so Tampa, I Tampa not playing well. I I haven't looked at their their last few matches necessarily, but if I off the top of my head, I feel like they have actually been playing very. They well. They had won two in a row, and I know they won one of those like eight nothing. Yeah, that was loud. Um, yeah, Loudon Loudon yeah. is. It's crazy. So they had one, two, they they had one, two in a row, drawn, lost, and then I don't know what their fifth one was. But um, so I I don't know why they would pick El Paso. I, I think El Paso had a lot of people fooled for a long time for some reason. Uh yep, yeah. No, it's some great points here. Um, Christina, karma for the way their fans treated Newton. I yeah, that was terrible. And the way the club treated their, uh, Richie Ryan, yeah, that was no. Uh, you know what? Evan Newton de- deserved it. He's a freaking dirty sock <laughs> sitting in the back of a closet somewhere. Um, Richie Ryan, um, Jacob, you want you want you want to give your opinion on Richie Ryan? Oh, I fucking hate Richie Ryan. <laughs> okay, perfect. And then they have the fucking man child who thinks he's an adult who also thinks he's a professional athlete, who lays so much, you think he's a fucking shag rug. Yuma, yeah, I, I got you. I got yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, Yuma was suspended for the past for the last two matches of the season. Yeah, he so. decided to yeah. take vacation early is what it was. Yeah, he was suspended. And at this point here, you know, Tampa Bay was not playing well. I disagree. Uh, you know, they'd won the previous two matches. Yes, one was... Loudon, but they beat Monterey, who, who had really come on strong in the second half of the season. And we're pushing for a playoff spot until last night. Um, so I just, but the thing is like, and, and Harry, I know Phil's on the show. I know Phil's on the USL show, but like, is, did they fall into the same issue that we have when we try to cover Eastern conference clubs? Like where we don't really know what's going on and aside from Phil, like, I would I would assume that those guys don't really know the Western Conference all that well. So did did they perhaps fall into that? But I look at we all looked at that match and we all said El Paso going to Tampa like that's a shit matchup for El Paso. Like none of us thought El Paso was going to win that. Yeah, that was probably the worst card that El Paso could have drawn to make a postseason spot. Yeah, yeah they it they I mean everybody 
did they had chances to put themselves in the playoffs before that moment in time. But right. to have your last game be at Tampa Bay four days before everybody else's last match um, is kind of weird. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be happy if that was the case for us, probably. But that being said, uh, FEP, uh, FEP today, FEP tomorrow, FEP to infinity and beyond. FEP forever. <laughs> um, and to touch on Robert's comments... Um, I have to go back to it. It was this one I would have gone El Paso. They had more to play for. So I would have gone El Paso if it was last season. If it was a good El Paso team instead of yeah, yeah if it was a last season El Paso team or even year before El Paso team. Yeah, I would I would have gone El Paso because they were always unpredictable. This year, I mean they went, I think, fourteen games without winning. At, at one point. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little high, but I wouldn't put it past it. I don't know. <clears throat> it's okay. Give us a couple seconds, and my South Georgia mathematician will get us the answer. No, they didn't go that long without winning. They went like six, maybe. I, I either way, they they've been a bad club. They just haven't they, been a playoff quality club to me. Like they they started the season with four straight losses. Uh, beat Monterey, came back. Lost to San Antonio, draw with Oakland, but no, yeah, no, they were absolutely inconsistent all season long. They could not put together a a solid match, and we called it from like day one. Like they had issues at the back. We called it, like we saw it, and like you know, we talked about it. Harry talked about it, like so in that in that big of a match where El Paso had to win without one of your key players. You know, I just didn't see it. There was just, but you know. And, and there, was, there was more emotions riding on it anyways because obviously it was Matt Bonner's retirement game, so he's done now. Um, obviously, Yuma being gone, they had Fox, I think, was gone as well. Sure. So, yeah, they had quite a few <clears throat> key pieces to their formation that were gone. So, yeah, I mean, as soon as – so to start off, I thought they would at least compete. It would be a fun match to watch. Um, granted, it was a fun match to watch because El Paso fucking lost because FEP. Um, so it was still a good match to watch, but I thought it would be more competitive with El Paso and, and Tampa Bay actually doing their thing. Um, but then once I saw that Yuma was gone, Bonner was retiring, and Fox was out, I said, yeah, I signed, I signed El Paso out right away. And, and Harry, to your point with... Tampa's issues off field, even with the issues off the field, like Tampa is still coming out. They're one of the, I still think where they're one of the most talented teams in the USL championship. Have they necessarily played up to it all season long? No, but I definitely felt like they were the stronger team than El Paso. So, um, yeah, what killed El Paso mid July to August. Yeah, five match lost five matches. I mean, we didn't go through much better stretch at times, too. So, but yeah, and that, and honestly, we've been in the same boat. Like if we, if we had missed out on the playoffs, we'd be saying the same thing. We were far too inconsistent throughout the season. You know, the, the difference is we did have a five game win streak Yeah, and they did not. But we also, so had we had drawn or lost last night, that would have been seven, I think seven games winless. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly would have been. Um, and I, I think, think that would have been, been like our third stretch of that. It would have been six games winless because 
as of or before last night right. we've done Six. five since the monterey uh two nothing win yeah um but yeah enough el paso they're done their their season is completely over so uh, el paso we will see you uh next year um jacob you want to talk about some possible scenarios i know there's still some wiggle oh, yeah. room in, there's still some wiggle room in the east i've gone through i've done the math on a whole bunch of different scenarios in the west and at this point united can finish anywhere from fourth to seventh um yeah. we are in the playoffs no matter what uh we can get fourth we need some help but um so what it, what scenarios did you want to bring so, up so here's what we know in the west specifically we know san antonio's one we know san diego's two we know Colorado springs is three those three are locked in the top three. Yes. Uh, from then on, it gets a little dicey. The farthest Sacramento can drop is to five. Um, everybody else can be, well, we can be four through seven, like you said. Uh, RGV and Oakland can be five through seven. Uh, and then Las Vegas could sneak in there. Um, I think they can be as high as six. Yes. Um, so it's kind of, kind of still wonky at the back end of the West. Uh, the East, the East, we've known the seven playoff teams for, I feel like a month, three months, <laughs> uh, like a month officially, but like yeah. three months in, in reality. Um, the only thing we know in the East though, is Lou city is one and Birmingham is four. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the only two locks. Um, Tampa and Memphis can be two or three. Um, and then Pittsburgh, Detroit city and Miami FC can be anywhere from, from five to seven, and jumble those around. Um, but in the West specifically, the the most likely outcome, uh, I would say, is probably us finishing fifth. Um, but it, it's, it's really too jumbled to know. Uh, my question for you guys is, so if we win and Sacramento loses, we obviously host Sacramento in the first round. Would you rather host Sacramento? Obviously, you'd rather host them than go to Sacramento, I'm assuming. Yes. But would you rather face Sacramento? Would you rather face Colorado <clears throat> Springs, or would you fa- rather face Loyal? Sacramento. Sacramento. I, I think I'd rather host Sacramento if we don't win and have no chance of hosting Sacramento, I think I'd rather play Colorado Springs. So I don't, and I've said this before, I don't want to host a match. <laughs> you have said that. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, we just beat, um, who the fuck did we just play? Los Dos. Oh, yeah. We just beat Los Dos. But really, we are terrible at home. I would much rather go out to Sacramento or go out to San Diego and play them there where we've proven that we can actually play there and not risk it rather than play them here where we've shown that we were the boiling pan of dog water. We are five, six and five at home this season. I will, I will counter your point Earl with, if we host a home playoff game, that means we will play, or that means we will beat Colorado Springs this coming Saturday at home. If that is the case, then other than an El Paso loss, we would have won our last three matches at home, which I know the El Paso game counts, but El Paso and us 
it, I, I kind of throw those games out the window when I'm actually looking at like overall statistics and stuff because those are rivalry games and they just kind of they're just different um and the monterey bay game i felt like we looked like a dominant team um last night i felt like we looked like a dominant team and if we can come out against colorado springs and look like a dominant team then my worry of hosting home matches or hosting a playoff game is kind of thrown out the window sacramento on the road this season Five, nine, and three. I don't know why, but I have just this fear of Sacramento. It's not even really like a fear. It's just I don't think we play well against them. Um, we, we've only won one time against them. Granted, it's only been four matches, um, and they've beat us twice. They've beat us here before. Uh, this year and in 2019. Um, and and I just feel, especially with the Haji Berry news that we talked about last week or the week before last, um, I just don't... I don't have that same apprehension of, of Colorado Springs that I do of, of Sacramento for some reason. And I know form-wise, Sacramento has not been good uh, as of late. They've got three losses and a draw in their last four. Um, and three losses and a draw to teams that probably, like they lost one nothing to San Antonio, okay. But then they lost one nothing to Phoenix and 2 nothing to Los Dos. And, and then they drew at Pittsburgh. So um, I'm, just, I'm just not thrilled with their run of form. But they just there's something about them that I would just, I think I'd rather play Colorado Springs if it ha- if it's on the road. Like I said, I'd rather host anybody. I'd rather have that home playoff game. But if if we have no chance of hosting, if we don't win or we draw, then I think I'd rather play Colorado Springs back-to-back, especially because that would mean it would be coming off, well, not necessarily, but it would more likely mean we're coming off of a loss or a draw against them, and I would feel okay. I'd feel better about our chances going there than to Sacramento. I don't know why. It might be irrational, but that's just how I feel. I mean... I, mean, I get it, you know. Uh, looking at the results from earlier this year, earlier this year, Colorado did beat us uh, in the Colorado Springs, one uh, nil. We beat the. We haven't played them here yet. That's coming up on Saturday, of course. Sacramento beat us here two one, and then we drew with drew. them out in Sacramento. So, yeah. Um, yeah I, honestly, I look at those matchups. I think to me, Sacramento is probably. Yeah, for me, Sacramento is a preferred matchup um, either way. Um, but I would much rather that be here at home because, you know, uh, I think being here at the lab, we we have had some good results recently. Um, and I, I think a home playoff match at the lab would just be like a completely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here. Yeah, for sure. That That to me is scenario one. Uh, I just think scenario two would be not going to Sacramento and instead going to Colorado Springs. And so the way the way those would happen, obviously, if we win and Sacramento loses, we get fourth place. We host a playoff game. If we win and Sacramento wins or draws, then Sacramento hosts us in the four or five matchup. If we only get one point, I believe RGB and Oakland have the tiebreaker over us. Uh, yes. Or do we have the? 
we've beat Oakland and drawn against Oakland. So we have the tiebreaker over Oakland. Let me double check. Pretty sure we have, I'm pretty sure that's the scenario. Uh, so looking at ours, let's see. We have the tiebreaker over Oakland due to right. the head-to-head points. And mm-hmm. RGV has the has a tiebreaker over us due right. to goal differential. Yeah. So with that, if if we draw, the farthest we'll drop is sixth. Because yes. lights can't catch us in points. Correct. So, so if we draw, we drop to sixth. If we lose, Oakland and RGV can pass us yes. uh, in different scenario or with, with wins by each of them. So I looking at their schedule, uh, RGV plays Monterey Bay and Oakland plays Pittsburgh at, at Pittsburgh. Uh, and then lights, who do lights play? LA. Okay. I always forget about lights. They play LA. Uh, okay. So <clears throat> lights doesn't really affect us. Even if they win, they're not going to jump us. So I don't really care what they do. Uh, I think RGV probably has a pretty good chance of beating Monterey Bay. Uh, Monterey Bay has kind of fallen off the wagon here as of late uh, after a crazy run where we thought they might make it. Uh, they've kind of hit a skid and fallen off a cliff. So I could definitely see RGV taking three points from them. Oakland, not so sure. So I don't feel like we, I don't feel like there's a good chance we fall to seventh. Uh, especially with a draw being able to keep us in sixth. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to have to go play San Diego. Uh, so it's really between Colorado Springs and, and Sacramento. Um, and, and I, I'm thrilled that we have a chance to host a playoff game. And I texted you guys the other day or yesterday, I think it was last night that there's a scenario, not a very likely scenario, but there's a scenario still where even as the four seed, you can host three playoff matches. Yeah, it's going to depend on the reseed and how it works out and what teams are left because after this first round here, the teams will get reseeded and San Antonio will automatically get the lowest remaining seed. Right. Um, so so the way it would work is we'd have to get four and whoever finishes sixth and seventh would have to upset San Diego and Colorado Springs. Both mm-hmm. of those games would have to do that. Then we would host the sixth seed while San Antonio would host the seventh seed. And then if the seventh seed beat san antonio and we beat the sixth seed then it would be the seventh seed against us we would host that game too uh like i said not very likely but crazy to me that there's still that chance because of the reseed if it wasn't for the reseeding that wouldn't be the case because we would be theoretically the four or five would play the one yeah um in most non-reseeding scenarios so because of the reseeding we could host more than one playoff game if we were to get into the four seed could you imagine if they just let the sod sit there for like three oh, more God, weeks? Dude. I don't want to, honestly. <laughs> I really don't. Let that grass actually take in the clay. Like, it won't, it'll never take in the clay, though. That's the problem. I know. I know. It just, never takes. Maybe they maybe they come out, bring out the tiller after Saturday night. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We need honestly. Honestly, why don't they do that after the the isotope season is over? There's plenty of time to fix it after yeah. our season's over. There's probably some sort of agreement in place where they can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure there is, but so yeah, there's not a whole lot of scenarios left in the West, but for us in particular, being able to finish anywhere from four to seven, 
uh, is kind of crazy. Um, I just hope that Sacramento loses and we have at least a chance of hosting a playoff game. I agree. It would be fantastic. Because Earl, Earl, I know that that you're worried about the result if we host a playoff game, but you can't tell me you wouldn't be jacked for a home playoff game and being there. Look, I'm actually jacked because I haven't been to a match in like fair enough three months. So trust me, I am super jacked to where the point I'm at the point where I actually have to go look for my press pass again because I got no idea where the <laughs> fuck the bitch is at. I might not know where mine is, to be completely honest. I think well, that, I'm worth that, but I got to check. Well, you know, it's okay. The last couple matches, there has been no security at the parking lot, and uh, I've been let in by AFD for both matches. So, really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, just someone walking out. I just walk right in. There's no one watching, you know, no one watching the door. So, yeah. There's been, yeah, like I said, no security at the at our parking lot, checking badges, nothing. So, you know. Well, I, I, it's late enough. I'm going to be at the match Saturday, but I don't really care uh, if I get in trouble now. But I've been using a old parking pass all season. Yeah. And the one match, I walked in, no press pass, no ticket, walked right through with my camera bag all the way down to the field. Nobody batted an eye. So, yeah. Um, I'm still using the sticker from week one. Yeah. Once again, we need our own stadium. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, all right, guys, we've been going for almost an hour and a half. So we're going to skip over the full on preview of Colorado Springs. At this point, if you don't know Colorado Springs, then you're not paying attention. They have the same roster as last year. Almost. We've played them a thousand times this season, uh, or this a thousand times in the last few seasons. They are what they are, minus Haji Berry now. Yeah. Uh, so now it is worth noting they have been off since last Wednesday. Um, so 10-day break for them. Maybe rust. there's a little bit of rust. Ring rust. But, uh, yeah, Colorado comes into town. Season, see, playoff seedings on the line for, for New Mexico United. What's your result? As much as I don't want to say it. Three now, nil us. Oh, okay. That's not where I thought you were going. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. Hate to say it. Uh, I like the uh score line of three to one when it comes to Colorado Springs. Uh who's three and who's one is is kind of always up in the air, but uh we've had that score line a few times. I'm gonna go three one us because I want to. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna go two nil United on Saturday evening. We get back onto the defensive side of things, get a couple goals, and we pick up that win. Whether or not we get the four, I don't know, because I Sacramento San Diego. That's an interesting matchup. So we will definitely be watching that one because it does have an hour later start time. I mean, I I kind of wish they all started at the same time, but. You know, I I'm happy because we will be able to watch the Colorado Springs match. See what happens there. If we win that, then there's going to be a somebody with a laptop at the press conference playing the San Diego match. Um, and multiple people probably. And uh, it'll be an experience that we can. I mean, I know you said it's an hour later. Yeah, they start at uh, so we start at seven. They start at eight. So what time? We usually they, they'll be about 
15, 20 minutes left when the press yeah. conference is over. Yep. So if they let us <laughs> hang out for 15, 20 minutes, we can all watch it together. If I not, leave uh, the stadium open, let people finish it, put it on we'll the big just, screen. That'd be that'd be pretty awesome. But they won't but, let us. Uh, even if it's just the the you know the people in the press conference, uh, if they let us finish it in there, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, because if if we win that game and there's a chance that we can host, then you know, especially the front office is going to be watching that game very intently. Oh yeah. Uh, for multiple reasons, uh, uh, not the least of which the fact that they'll get home playoff game revenue. Yes. Um, which is huge, honestly. So, um, that and the team team to out. talk to the isotopes to try to get the stadium unlocked again. Yeah, and could I, I assume there's some sort of agreement in place to, with if, yeah, with the isotopes if United makes the playoffs, you know, that they're able to continue using the facility. Yeah. I, I would have to think that's part of it. You know, I know the isotopes have renovations going on, but I gotta think there's some sort of arrangement in there, you know. But um, could you imagine 15,000 people on a chilly October evening watching soccer? Well, we're going to have that Saturday, but oh, yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I, as of earlier today, I, there are a couple of people out there, about 500 seats left for Saturday's match. So nice, nice. Hopefully, yep. and get those sold and get some standing room in there, get to that 15,000 number. Uh, that'd be pretty sweet. That absolutely would be so. All right, guys, we have been going for quite a while. Uh, Any closing thoughts before Jacob gets us out of here? Yeah, I got one closing thought. Okay. He's got the whole world. (laughs) Jacob, do you know what this is in reference to? No. I I don't try to get into Earl's head. This is, of course, in reference to the return of the fiend Bray Wyatt. Uh, at uh, okay over the weekend, so uh, I know Earl is excited about that. Um, apparently, I guess there's uh, some big tease about him potentially having a whole stable of people. So, yep, there you go. So, all right, Jacob, get us out of here. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, FEP and playoffs, baby. Playoffs, I mean, I. It, you can't get any better than than uh, what it got last night, as far as the regular season is concerned. And um, oh, let's just remove Seth here real quick. Um, <laughs> and, and so, I, I mean, I'm just uh, I'm I'm on cloud nine now. I know all of us are, and and uh, the fact that it could get better, we could actually host a playoff game. Uh, if results break our way and even if they don't we're still in the playoffs we still have a chance um i've said it for a while now that we have a very talented team that can get hot at the right time and go on a run so uh not saying that's going to happen of course but uh what we've at least done last night was put ourselves in position to be in that playoff uh field and and have a chance of making that run and i cannot wait um for Saturday night where we can come in celebrate. I, I was telling my wife last night, I was like, you know what it means? It means Saturday. I'm not going to be stressed at all. Like I'm obviously going to want us to win, but at least our future doesn't remain in the balance. Like we get to go, we just get to have a good time. Uh, if we win, we get to sit down and watch another match after that determines if we have home field advantage for a round or not. And, and we can just enjoy each other's company 
Uh, like Earl said, it's been a long time since I've been at a home match too. So uh, I think the last one I was at was Monterey Bay. Um, and I wasn't there as, as media. I was there as a fan. So, so to be able to be on the pitch and be taking pictures and, and uh, enjoy that atmosphere from the pitch. Uh, it's it's really quite different down there than in the stands. Um, and so I, I, I just can't wait for that. So uh, next Saturday or next next Tuesday, my bad, uh, we will be back on Tuesday. Um, we will have a breakdown of the Colorado Springs match and then a playoff preview uh, because we're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, a playoff that won't include Phoenix or El Paso. I just want to stress that i can't stress that enough no phoenix no el paso but we are in there um and so cannot wait for that uh hopefully we're talking about hosting a playoff game the following weekend and but even if i'm not like we said we we're just going to be thrilled to be in the dance um and after last year not being in it uh it just it's even more sweeter than that so tune in again next tuesday as we talk about all that stuff plus Obviously, we will have some nonsense about ice on in eggnogs and and just random shit like that. That that's I mean that's why you guys come. Obviously, it's not it has nothing to do with the fact that we talk about United. It's it's for Earl's random bullshit, um, Seth's cockiness, and uh, my hair. Obviously, um, oh god, I hate this so much. Um, and so with that, uh, until next Tuesday, someone seems to. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.